At this time, we are doing all of our due diligence to prepare for a long journey towards healing and restoration for the body of Vintage 242 and for the Parkers and ask for your prayers and patience as we move forward in this process. Please know our leadership team is working diligently and doing our homework on steps we must take to ensure the best forward momentum, and we are committed to being as transparent with the congregation as we possibly can within legal bounds. Difficult conversation about a difficult situation, but here's the thing I want us to shift into this morning. None of what happens ever catches Jesus off guard. Nothing. And there's nothing in the context of what happens that God's not moving in for the purposes of his glory. And so as we come today, our ultimate conversation today is going to be about what God is doing and the direction that we need to focus on as we move forward in the context of this moment. First things first, I want to say that I love and we love Timothy and Harvest literally with everything inside of us. Like they are amazing people. And we love the amazing work that Timothy has done with our youth. And I believe our youth are better and they are stronger people for because of Timothy's investment into their lives. It's important to note that Timothy may have faltered, but we absolutely 100% still believe in his calling and ministry for life. I mean, I, I, I can say with great humility, Timothy is far better than me at a lot of things. And we're excited ultimately about what God is doing in his life to bring him back. And our goal as spoken in our statement is we desire restoration and we desire reconciliation. We don't have an idea or a clue, the timing on that and what that's going to look like even, but that is ultimately our goal. And we are still working on as a team on what this immediate future looks like. But one thing we do know, we love Timothy and we are committed to coming alongside of him for the long haul, for the journey, because we see this as a season of growth and into his well-being. I want to begin here this morning again, as we talk, as surprised as we are in the context of anything that comes up, it's difficult and overwhelming. Again, Jesus is not surprised and he is never overwhelmed. So as we launch this morning, I want to remind you of Romans 8:28, which says that in all things, he, Jesus, God, will work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called According to his purpose. And so what I want you to recognize is we're in conversation this morning and the upcoming days and weeks. That we are ultimately focused on Jesus. The enemies intended something for bad, but we believe that you are able to take those things and work them for good to produce life for all. Like I look this morning and I look over here and I'm like, my gosh, I'm like this is an overwhelmed group. Right? Can I get an amen? Yeah, it's an overwhelmed group. And I want you to know that in the context of your life, that for you and for all of us, that the desire of Jesus is to meet each of us right here in the moment, to speak into our lives, and to ultimately begin to work for good in all of these things. You need to know I've been in contact with Timothy. I've been talking to him. Scott's been talking to him every day. If you see Scott Crawford, thank him. Obviously, we got back from, uh, from our trip to Australia late Friday night, and we were you know, working all day yesterday and went to bed this morning about 2.30. And 
just kind of working all this stuff. It's Scott was doing the leading the lion's share and, and just coming alongside and loving on all parties this week and talked to Timothy a couple of times yesterday and and um, and he loves he loves us he loves you and and um, and I'm thankful that that um, that he's loved well in the context of being here. And I want to say this morning that in this context of everything that we have going on. I want you to be aware of how you spend. I want you to hear this. I want you to be aware of how you spend most of your time in thinking about all of what's going on. Because what I find is this. It's natural for us in the context to live in speculation. Like legally and with everything going on, I can't say and I'm not going to say any more that I've said for lots of reasons. One, legal, and two, because I just want to honor, I just want to honor Timothy and honor those who are part of this process. And so in that, we find ourselves then, we want to speculate. And so we find ourselves in circles and conversations and all this type of stuff, right, trying to figure things out. And we unfortunately find ourselves spreading rumors and a part of all types of stuff. And the thing that we want to say is that rather than spend our time in speculation, I'm asking this, that there would be a discipline that we embrace as a church to spend less time speculating and spend more time with Jesus and praying for those that are in need. And I don't say that as like a condemnation or like make you feel guilty because it is natural to like start thinking and trying to speculate and put these things together. But ultimately at the end of the day, it doesn't really help. Right? Like I've found the more I talk to people, the more frustrated and tense that I feel. It's only when I spend time with Jesus and hear his heart and understand what's going on with him and what he's thinking, he produces peace. He produces hope. He produces a hope for the future. And so I'm just simply asking that in this season that we're in, that we spend less time speculating, less time talking about stuff that we don't really know much about, and just recognize, man, we're just not sometimes not supposed to know everything. I don't know if you have a God who tells you everything he's doing, when he's going to do it, and how he's going to do it. I don't know that God, right? And so we live in the context of everything that's going on. Sometimes we don't need to know everything because we just need to spend time and trust in the process of what God's doing. You need to know we have a leadership team that's working on this. Uh, I'm gonna, it's on the list down here. I was going to share it later. I'll share it now so you can know who's working on this. I'm going to read it because my brain won't forget. Ben and Sandy Gillum. Brad Henson, Kelly Misty Davis, Dwayne Still, Scott Crawford, and Randall and myself are all working on this, praying into, seeking, talking, right, seeking counsel and wisdom. And in the context, as we believe that God's raised this team up in the season, right, to know what's going on, to, to, to come on a pastoral side and then come on the side of vintage for protection and for movement forward of us as a people. I'm asking you to pray for this group. I'm asking you to spend time in prayer for them, praying for wisdom and praying for endurance in the midst of all of this. So in the context, right, of, of our lives here at Vintage, we cannot share many specifics. We cannot share ultimately what's going on, some of it for legal reasons. And I'm simply asking that you would pray. Paul says in Ephesians 6.1, and I want you to hear this. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore, should restore that person gently. Like, I don't know about you, but I love that. Like, because what that speaks to is grace. It speaks to understanding that no one in this room can cast a stone. 
Because we've all had our own shortcomings, haven't we? Like we can, we can have frustration and we can be, have tension in the moment, and I get that, and that's understandable. But I loved in that story when woman's, the woman's literally caught in sin, the Pharisees bring her before Jesus. He just kneels down and begins to write in the dirt. I think he's just showing his patience. And I think he's showing his control in the moment. And he stands up with great wisdom and says, He who is without sin, won't you cast the first stone? You know what scripture says is starting with the oldest, because well, they just have more sin in their life because they had history, right? They dropped their stone. And they walked away. And Jesus looked at her and said, Hey, where are your accusers? And then he looked at her. It's like he gave grace and compassion. He said, Now go and sin no more. And that's really it. Like there's this grace and compassion, but there's also riding the ship. And so this morning as we sit here and we talk about this, we recognize this is not honestly a story about what's happening, but really it's a story for all of us to enter into and to recognize we all have our own hardships. We have all have our own issues. Now, I spent this week, I mean, we talked to me all about it last night, and we were literally in our friend's house in Australia and, and, and got a phone call late Sunday night, or I guess in early Monday morning our time, and and in that, God just began to speak about my own life. And God, what are the things that are even hidden in my own heart, Jesus? I'm not without sin. I'm not without my own struggles. And so as we come in, right, we have compassion. We restore gently. We, we pursue restoration. I want you to know that's, that's our whole heart. I mean, we are pursuing restoration. We are pursuing healing. And we recognize the greatest thing we can all do to fulfill this verse is to spend more time speaking to God about his will for the situation than speaking to others about things we just don't know about. We discipline ourselves to slow down, to be with Jesus, to hear him and pray for those that are in need. We pray for, and here's the thing, who do you pray for? Like, so I'll tell you this, I was meeting with our youth leaders last night, and I said, I went to go pray. Um, I went to go pray for the first time. They're like the first time I was praying into all this, and I began to think about all the people that were influenced. And I'm like, I went to go. I said, I went to say, God, I need to pray. Uh, I got to pray. Like all these directions I needed to pray into. And finally, I was like, uh, just pray for that, right? Because there was all these pieces. We want to be people who pray. We seek God's face. To be honest with you, and I'm going to put this on you because it's a family conversation. Do not choose offense. Do not choose offense. But I'll be honest with you. The reason that we brought this out, rather than try to keep it behind closed doors and do it, because we recognize we're a family, this is a family issue. We want to get on the front end of this. And then we want to model. For those of you who have suffered terrible circumstances and situations like this where churches handle things poorly, we want to handle it right. We want to handle it correctly. We want to honor every single person involved in the process, and we want the end of this process, the end of the journey, as we celebrate restoration, as we celebrate reconciliation, to look and say to, say to everybody, my gosh, did you see what God just did in this people? That's what we're pursuing, restoration and reconciliation, onus of the family. Second, I want you to recognize I want you, we will recognize this and we'll continue this. It will be, continue to be painful 
the situation can tend to be painful for, for most, for many if not most of us in this room in some form or fashion. And so what I want to say is that we want to be a people who rally around all who are in need. We want to rally around all who are in need. The feelings we will face, they will be varied, they will be intense, and we're asking you to recognize this is part of your grieving process, and I want you to recognize it in yourself, and I want you to recognize it in others. When someone we love is taken from us for any reason, we each have our own response. And this season, there are a few things I want you to keep in mind. Number one, on a personal level, I want you to be honest about your struggles. Like when we have situations like this, grief occurs. That's just natural. It's a traumatic event where there's a, a great loss of someone that we love. And we experience grief. And our first thing is we either go into fight, we go into flight, or we just grow numb. And in the context of those things, we experience these different stages of grief. And I want to name them this morning. I want to highlight what they mean and then recognize the upcoming weeks. We're going to spend a little time talking about these stages of grief so that we can grieve well. I want you to hear this. If you don't grieve, you don't heal. If you just try to put your head in the sand and say, we can just get through this, pull up our bootstraps and let's go, you don't heal. We go through these stages of grief, and here's what we'll experience. First is denial and shock. Here are the five. Denial and shock. This idea, this can't be happening, resisting of the truth, because it's just too hard to handle. This is the idea of just running. I can't believe this is true. We're just going to run. Oh, this is too much for me, right? Stage of, that's a grief stage. Number one, Number two is anger. You know what anger is. Why is this happening? Who's to blame, right? We start casting blame as we cast blame on, on Timothy. We cast blame on, on me. We cast blame on self. Like, to be honest with you, I found myself right in the moment going, God, in this, like, finding, like, I've experienced this. God, what have I done? Is it my fault? Right? Is it my fault? And so this idea of casting blame, of anger in the moment. And there's the bargaining piece. God, if you'll just do this, then I will do this for you. Right? God, if you'll just fix this, then I will do whatever. Right? Idea of bargaining. Number four is depression. We'll understand this as a part of grief. Like this idea of I'm just too sad to do anything. Grief is this process. And in depression, depression is like you hit a wall. That's a natural part of the grief process. And the fifth is then this place of acceptance. It means that you're at a place where you can recognize what has happened You've gone through these stages of grief, process it without denying what has happened, and you are a stronger place than before. This is our goal, and it takes time to get there. We're all going to walk through these things, some of us on deeper levels than others. What I'm asking is this, that we continue to be aware of those pieces for ourselves, and be aware of it in the context of other people. second thing I want to say in this moment is I want you to spend time talking to God. By nature, we're all quick to run to others first. So in this, the first thing, is to head over to our text and start texting people, what's going on, da 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 right? That's completely natural, to go speculate. But I'm saying the greatest thing that you can do for your own restoration, your own spiritual health, your own healing moving forward, is that you are slowing down to talk to and to spend time with Jesus, allowing him to birth peace and compassion inside of you. 
And the second and third thing, which is it's also good. It's good then to talk to others about your feelings. The idea is there has to be both of these pieces happening at the same time. We've got to be able to process. And there's a difference between processing and trying to speculate and figure things out. There's one thing about coming and sharing your frustrations and sharing your heart. This is what I'm angry about. This is what I'm depressed about, right? This is what I just can't accept. All those pieces and you're talking. And I would say this. I mean, we're as a staff. Like I put it in that email that went out. It's like there's things that are just we need to know or things you need to process. Like we're here as a staff, and I encourage you just to, to process with your youth leaders for our youth and, and to connect. And in the process of this time, I want you to pray. Just pray for like if you if for you you feel disconnected from this, and just I'm asking you to pray for healing and restoration for those who are struggling and be someone that others can talk to. To end this morning, I want to because I just want to share just a few kind of candid things that really fit into a message, but I just wanted to share them with you this morning. Number one, uh, we will continue to share with you everything that we can as we move forward in this process, right? We're never going to slander anybody. We're going to talk about, though, what's going on at Vintage, how we're moving forward, and the things that we're doing. Number two, you need to know that we love our youth, and we're working diligently to prepare for a great camp next week for those who are going and a great summer of activities. You may say, well, what's that going to look like? I really don't know yet, but I know we met last night. Our youth leaders were like, yes, we want to step up and, do, and help in all these pieces. And so our goal is to continue to have youth as we have youth and to have Bible studies. We have Bible study. For those of you who are going to Guatemala, you're still going to meet tonight after youth. Rand's going to lead this time, and she's going to talk to you about the Guatemala trip that you're going on because it's still going to happen. Why? Because God called us to go. It's not dependent on any single person, right? God's called us to go. He's called you to go. And so we're going to continue to go on this trip because he has something for us to do and something for us. Second, I've already told you, I want you to know that that leadership team I named, be in prayer for us. Be in prayer for them. Next, uh, this season is hard for all of us. And the value of family that we have will come under attack because don't you know that in every difficult situation, your primary values come under assault. I don't want you to be clueless to that. There's going to be difficult situations and people are going to frustrate you. Like when I say don't choose offense, I literally mean someone's going to do something that you think you have a right to be offended by. Don't choose it. The choice. Don't choose offense. It's never helpful. Never beneficial. Next, we must slow down to be with God and hear from Him. Again, I'm going to say what I said earlier. If I just talk to people, I get overwhelmed and frustrated. I need His perspective. I need His grace and His wisdom. That happens by being with Him. You, starting today, if you haven't already, must be praying for our youth. Like, I don't know if you know, but God's been doing something miraculous in our youth. It wasn't because of Timothy. It wasn't because of our leaders. It was because of a man named Jesus. It's important for all of you to hear me say, it's because of Jesus. And he's our focus. He's our focus. And so we need to be praying for the things that God's birthed. Man, that God would bring it to fruition. These become mighty men and women of God by faith, believing him for miracles, preaching the gospel, and just loving on him and being loved by him. That's their destiny. We're praying for that.
We must spend, again, I've already said this, we must spend more time in prayer and less time in speculation. Speculation is natural, but prayer is needed. We must support, encourage, and love on Timothy. I love him, and I'm encouraging every day, every time I talk to him. I primarily spend most of my time encouraging him, speaking life into him, because I love him with the very fabric of my being. And lastly, you must grab hold of Jesus and trust that he is moving in this for our good, for his glory, and trust that he has a divine strategy for taking what the enemy meant for harm and producing life. Those are the pieces. The heartbeat of God this morning is very simple and it's very clear. He's Lord. He's moving. He's not overwhelmed. And he's meeting us in our greatest place of grief and our greatest hardship. And he wants to speak life into it. And that message is not just true for the situation, but it's for every situation that you find yourself in your own personal life. This, in this moment, we believe that God takes situations. And I want to say this is the, after I skipped this one, I just remembered it though. And I think it's last on purpose because I want to speak now into the hearts of each of us. One of the things that we believe about situations that happen like this, where something in the dark comes into the light, is ultimately because God wants to take those who are having life stolen and make sure that life is not stolen and life is actually allowed to be produced. Because we live in darkness, life dies. We die. And so God, by his grace and his mercy, took something in the dark and brought it into the light for the hope of restoration. And the thing I want you to hear me say as we end this morning, and it's going to be a time of ministry and of prayer, is this. It's now time for you to soul search. It's now time for you to find the things maybe that you've just kind of looked over and you've allowed yourself to kind of live in delusion. It's okay for this to be part of your life. And God is speaking in this season. I want to produce life in my people. And I have to name and highlight broken places in them, dark places, because if I can do that and get the darkness out, then my light can shine in and produce it. Like we expect nothing less in the life of Timothy and we expect nothing less in the life for you. And so as we come into this time this morning, we grieve, but we grieve as those who have hope. We grieve as those who have hope because Jesus is Lord. He is moving. Yes, it is a journey, but grief always is if I get to the other side and now I'm a changed person. And place for us on a personal level to begin is God, search me. Know my innermost being and put your finger on areas of my darkness, God. The areas, God, that I've tried to hide from people that cause me to pull away and not engage you, not engage community. Because, God, I want to choose life because that's why you died for us. So this morning, let's just close our eyes. I just want to invite you this morning, just first, rather than taking time to focus on yourself, 
Let's take some time this morning just as uh, Jeff plays. I want you to take some time right now and I want you to begin to pray for our youth. I want you to pray for Timothy and Harvest and all those that are involved. I want you to take some time and and pray for all the families that are involved in this. And pray for for parents. I want you to pray for our staff and pray for our leadership team. You can just pick one of those. But right now, I want you to begin to pray right where you are for God's breakthrough, for God's intervention. So on, on three, begin to pray. One, two, three. Father, we praise you for your tenderness, your mercies, your compassion. God, they are new every morning. We praise you in this season, God, for your mercy. We praise you for your compassion. Thank you for your movement. God, we pray for great grace to be poured out in every situation, every person's life. We thank you in advance, Lord God, for restoration. We thank you in advance, Father God, for reconciliation. We thank you in advance, God, for your name being exalted. We praise you in advance, Father, for your movement. We thank you, Jesus, for your power. And God, that's what I'm I'm praying today, that you would push through all the darkness, God, it seems like dark to us, but it's not dark to you. I thank you for Psalm 139. It's not darkness to you. Darkness is it's light to you. Because wherever you go, there is light. That's what I'm asking for in Jesus' name. That each person, in their own tension, their own offense, their own frustration, in their own place of grief, that you'd meet them with tenderness, you'd meet them with compassion in their broken places, God. I pray this morning for each person, God, now shifting gears, I pray for each person, Jesus, God, who has this, this dark place, this hidden place, Father God, that, that, that literally is destroying them from the inside out. In Jesus' name, I'm praying, God, that you would speak to them with tenderness this morning. That you would speak to them with great compassion, with mercy, and the fullness of your love. That you would speak into that place in Jesus' name. That you would bring restoration. That you would bring reconciliation with you and any other relationships that they're in in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we're asking for an invasion of your spirit. We're asking for a fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit this morning in Jesus' name. Father God, we need you. We cannot make it without you. God, we are desperate. 
and we thank you in our desperation. You promised to meet us. I pray, Father God, you would quiet and silent the voice of the enemy who's come to kill, to steal, and destroy. In Jesus' name, I praise you, God, that that is not your plan. But your plan is to produce life and wholeness and healing and restoration. And we praise you that the enemy is not your equal. He has submitted to you and that you are Lord. So Holy Spirit, come. pray this in your name. This morning I saw what we normally do, offering basket for those who are ready to come to give your offering. Basket back there. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to have ministry teams available. Randall, I'll be up front. It's ministry teams that are here, just kind of watch as people come forward. Um, youth, I would invite you, just to, your youth leaders, are, a lot, most of them are here. And I'd love for you just to get prayer this morning. We would love for you to get prayer and to get prayed for, for healing, for restoration, or just to vent your frustrations so they can pray for you. I would invite you to slow down the moment for yourself individually and allow God to begin to put his finger on pieces. And I want you to begin to lift your head to see Jesus. No matter the circumstances, lift your head to focus your eyes on Jesus. Because when we see Jesus, we have faith because all things become possible. So this morning, I want you to lift your eyes and see Him. We are officially done with our service. We love you guys. If there are things you need to process this week, don't hesitate to reach out. We love you. And um, be in prayer.
Jesus. 